In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hellgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley, and I'm joined tonight by Ray Fulcher. Uh, Ray has hung out with us before. My, my co-host boss is, is not here with us tonight. He's dealing with some other stuff this evening, but, but Ray's going to hang with us, and we're going to talk dogs and, and talk some exciting news for him. So welcome back, Ray. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so hey, I, I can't imagine for you there was a much better 48 hours over your 30-plus years on the planet than... Uh, from Thursday night at midnight to about Saturday night at midnight. Why don't you just just talk on that, and we'll start there. Oh, yeah. So Thursday night at midnight, I had a new song come out, Love You, Son, Go Dogs. And, uh, man, a real special song. It's actually the only one I've ever put out that I didn't write. And and the reason is because Ben Hayslip, Jordan Walker wrote it, and uh, I remember they sent it to me, and I was just floored. It, like, got chills all over me and stuff. And, and well, the reason is because it's such a – such a really good reflection of like mine and my dad's relationship and, and uh, you know, and um, just all the stuff in that course was like, it was written about my life. Like my dad has the old Ford in the backyard that, that we talk about and the preacher at my, my hometown church a few years ago, he left for a bigger church and all. And so and just the lingo of that song, it just really relates to me and, and kind of where I grew up and all. And, and then, so that, yeah, that came out Thursday night at midnight and all day Friday we were doing the release stuff. And, uh, and then Saturday, here come the dogs just put putting it on Auburn man and uh from the from the first whistle um and that was uh that was a real sweet one yeah I was I was thinking about you when they were playing I was like this dude is having a heck of a week right now um so talk to us about I guess the the song and what the reception has been since everything dropped on Thursday evening yeah so I mean the song for me is you know obviously it's it's a it's really about a father and son and um you know, and, and in our case, it's it's Love Your Son, Go Dogs at the end of that voicemail that he leaves in the song. And, you know, but what I like about it is that's the only part that talks about, you know, Georgia, the dogs. And, and obviously that's personal to me. But, you know, I've had so many cool messages from people that love other schools or, or whatever and are like, man, I don't even care that I don't like the dogs. That song's awesome. And like it puts me in a place, too. And so it's, it's been cool to see it be universal. And it has some really good, uh, you know, really good feedback and um you know, a bunch of old Georgia players have heard it and reached out and stuff. So, you know, Garrison Hurst and and, and some of those guys. So, man, really cool reception. So you spoke about this is the first song that you kind of have released that, that you didn't write. Talk about what that was like, I guess, from an emotional perspective, because I think when you're the, the songwriter, like what's it like to, I guess, give some of that up? And then, I guess, to, to build off of that. Yeah. Um, what was the process? What was the process with Jordan and Ben? Well, they, so it was on hold with someone for a bigger artist for about six months. And, uh, which means like they didn't record it, but they had it set in a pile aside to like maybe, maybe record it. I think they, they recorded like a different kind of daddy type song. So this one they didn't record, which was awesome for me. So when I saw that or <laughs> realized that I called Jordan and said, man, I've always told you I'd love to record this song. And he was like, let me check with Ben. And both of them were on board. And, uh, it was different because I mean, 
I would love to write everything that I put out, but it's like those special, there's always a space for those special songs that come, come around here and there, you know? So, and they only come around every so often ones you didn't write that are just like, I have to record that. And so that just happened to be one of them and just spoke to my life. So, so closely. Now you obviously have a pre-existing relationship with Jordan. You guys co-wrote with Luke on number one hit. So you have that relationship. And then, Ben's a Georgia boy, baseball player, so I'm sure there's some kinship there. So, so was that kind of helpful from from y'all's synergy and y'all's relationship? Well, yeah, I'm good friends with both of them, and they knew that, you know, they knew I wasn't just somebody going, oh, I like that song when you record it. They knew how much it, it meant to me, and, and so both of them were just like, yeah, man, we'd rather, you know, we'd rather have you record than anybody, so let's do it. So, you know, it was cool to have those pre-existing relationships, and that's how music business works anyway, you know, is having those relationships and Hey man, check this song out, man. This this would sound good with you know, X artist or whatever. Send it over to them, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's uh, it was cool to have those two guys on because they are such good friends of mine. Yeah. So for me, I always feel like the the beauty of a good song and and the power of a, a songwriter and an artist is you kind of take a feeling that maybe people can't really express. And you put some words about it and it's kind of like an aha for folks going, yeah, that's that's me, you know. And it seems to me from the stuff we've seen on social so far that that's been the response to this. And I mean, I know for me, that's what it was like. uh, We had had you on the show back. I mean, way back, like May or June, you told us, like, hey, I'm working on this dog song. And he said, I'm going to send it over to you and let you listen to it. And like, man, when you you had told me about it, I don't know, I guess in my brain, I was thinking it was going to be like kind of a like a tailgate banger or something. Right. Yeah, And so I played it and I was sitting with my wife and I played it and I told her, I'm like, man, I wouldn't, I wasn't ready for all that. Like, yeah, it like, yeah. Yeah, like kind of hit me. I was like, man, it's like, it's a little dusty in here. <laughs> yeah. But um, the thing I really enjoyed about it, and I think y'all spoke to something and it hits a core with folks who grew up in the South. And I think too, for folks who, and maybe, maybe it's the same for folks who grew up in, in, big cities or, or in suburbs or whatever. But I know for me, like being from a small town, we had this little paper, like town paper. It's called the Rappahannock Times. You just come out on Wednesdays. Like, dude, when we when me and boss were in high school, like when you played high school ball, you like were going to the Fast Mart on Wednesdays to pick that thing up to see if they'd written about you from okay. Friday night, right? Like it was one of those. And so when I went to law school in Boston, my grandma used to cut articles out of the paper and she'd oh, wow. send them to me in the mail and she'd circle stuff and go, yeah. I go to church, I go to church with them or you, oh, know, yeah. you, me- you remember them, they played with you in high school or so stuff yeah. like that. And it just made me feel that, you know, that kind of kinship with, with your family and with your town and how, when we all spread out and go our separate ways that there's kind of a yearning to be back at home, you know, and, oh, oh, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's a beautiful song. And I just hope I, I've, I've told you this, but I just hope it skyrockets, man. I just hope it explodes. So like I said, a really good response and people are listening to it and reaching out. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, so um, I got to ask you this, cause we talked about it last time. Tell me, tell me this at halftime of the Arkansas game, were you wearing the same thing that you started the Arkansas game with? Um, I, I was, but I, uh, I like, I had to do something different. And so I think, oh, oh yeah. So I had shoes on and I took my shoes off. I was like, all right, shoes are coming off for this second. And, and, you know, Kirby and them are such good halftime adjusters and maybe in college football. And so I figured that we would make a good adjustment and we just, I mean, came out and, you know, it was almost like the whole hangover of 2020 was just on us in that first court, first half. And then, 
you know, and, and the, the, the six quarters since then have been really good football. So, yeah. So through the first two games, what has surprised you about them that maybe you didn't expect was going to happen just with all the buildup. And then on the flip side, what has kind of fallen in line with exactly how you thought things would go? Um, well, as far as the games, it's like the score for Arkansas was about what I thought, but the way it got there was weird. And also the Auburn game score was a little surprising to be honest, you know, having that many, you know, that, that big of a win against Auburn, but you know, I, uh, uh, a couple of surprises um, for me is well, number one, that who's playing quarterback now and playing it so well, you know, yeah, um, yeah, really good. And I like that kid a lot, man. He's got a lot of heart and 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 you know, Georgia boy. So yeah, that. And then uh, um, trying to think of some of the uh, um, I was surprised at the at two surprises. I was surprised at how in the first half the offensive line wasn't getting any push at Arkansas, but then the whole Auburn game. They pushed Auburn around, yeah. You know, so, and you would think that would kind of be opposite. And uh, um, but as far as things that uh, also, uh, you know, Jermaine Burton's been out there playing a bunch, and uh, pleasant surprise there. Um, and uh, there was another, yeah. And I thought uh, uh, Big Washington tight end, yeah, Darnell Washington. Yeah, Darnell. I didn't know that he was going to be playing as many snaps as he has, but man, he's big. He is a grown man, like. Grown man. Las yeah. Vegas' favorite son coming to Athens, and God bless him for coming because he has just been fantastic. And I'll tell you, you know, it's one of those things where opportunity presents itself. Trey McKitty was going to be the guy wow. and has 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 the kind of minor scope surgery back, I guess, a couple weeks before the season started. I think Kirby said today in the press conference he's hopefully going to play against Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is fantastic because it's funny how that has become now a position of depth, it seems like. with uh, Fitzpatrick's looked really good. And – um. So yeah, I, that, that's been exciting. Same for me. I, Darnell's been a, been a good surprise for me too. It's been it, it's been Jalen Carter. I mean, uh, okay. not only with the stuff on the defensive line, but they rolled out that jumbo package Saturday night. I was just I was awesome. all about that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's funny you bring up the offensive line because um, the boss was my center in high school, and he said um, he had said that in our previous show before the Auburn game last week. He said, you know, I just am concerned about the line. Like, I thought they were going to be just fine, and it just didn't look right with Arkansas. And I'm going to tell you, man, they came out. Yeah. They just did work. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. So, so that's good to see. Uh, I also have to ask you about this because you're a Georgia boy, and it just – it seems like the most fitting thing possible – that Georgia's starting quarterback after dump trucking their cross-state rival gets pulled from the game and goes over to the sideline and just pulls himself out a big old, oh, big big old, old. pull off the red man and just enjoys himself a nice chaw to end the game. I just – I was texting boss. I'm like, homie, tell me you saw this. Tell me you saw yeah. him with this jacket oh, plug in his mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love that. And – um. I just like the way he's talking right now. Like he just—he seems confident. Confident, man, and he plays confident. He does, man, and like I guess you just go back to maybe we should have been listening. Like Roquan was talking about him at the Rose Bowl. Mel Tucker was talking about him at the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, it's one of those great stories where he's one of these kids that could have been on Last Chance U, and now he's back at the school he always wanted to be at. And man, what a beautiful story! So another thing, I kind of want to talk to you about was: were you surprised at how? I guess electric's probably the wrong word because it wasn't full, but I just thought it was going to be kind of a dead atmosphere, right? I it was kind of empty. 
Yeah, and it, yeah. Was, it didn't feel. I mean, I watched it on TV. It didn't feel that empty. No, it no, didn't. No. I felt the same, and I thought um, I thought Josh Brooks and them did a phenomenal job getting that ready. And I thought the band sounded loud too, didn't you? Like that's what I was concerned about because I feel like the auditory piece of it is such a big deal. Yes, and yes. yeah, so I was fired up about that, man. Um, so what was uh, what was? I know you have a just like we do. I know you have a Georgia text chain going. What's the text chain look like over the first two weeks? P- boys feeling good, or is, or oh, where's everybody at? They're feeling good. We just put in our. Uh, well, they're actually texting me now, and I'm, they're waiting on my prediction on on Wednesdays and Thursday nights. We always get in that text chain and make a prediction and tell why. And uh, so I think the boys are feeling pretty good. I think that, um, you know, we, uh, the consensus here is we all feel like that, that we, we might, um, the Tennessee may be a little even better than Auburn, but that we match up still pretty well with Tennessee and that it's going to be a dang dog fight. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, I remember like maybe, maybe once or twice in the whole history of this text thread, has somebody picked against the dogs? So <laughs> pretty. Uh, I got to really go out on the limb to do that and go, guys, don't kill me. This is just what I think. And then they're like, oh man, come on. And so, you know, we, we're all uh, we're all on the side of the dog, dogs on top. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a good first couple of weeks. All all day, my phone's dinging with that stuff. Yeah, isn't that the beauty of this time of year? Is it's kind oh. of like this renewed energy around. It's just a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, so we had we had Hudson Mason on last week, and we got to the dogs game, which we picked last. And he says, "Has anybody ever come on this show and not pick the dogs?" And we're like, "Well, no." And yeah. he's like, "He's like, I'm taking Auburn," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because the spread was kind of funky, and I just think everybody had some kind of premonitions, like about well, you know, like a touchdown after how they looked last week. Like I don't know, it's they sure did, boy. They were they were they were right, man. Yeah, right. So I guess pivoting to Tennessee, looking at that, what are some things you're looking at in that matchup and going, man, this might present some problems for us? And then on the on the other side of it going, I think this is somewhere where we could really exploit things. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh the quarterback, Gorontano, he's looking way better than he ever has. And then the two running backs are really good. Um, you know, I think they have a good offensive line. I think our defensive line is so improved and so, you know, stout that, that may just kind of be a I don't, you know, that's almost a push there, I think. Um, the two lines right there. Um, you know, I think they're uh, the back end and the, uh, you know, their their secondary looks, you know, pretty good too. I mean, I think it's almost, they're built a lot like us. And I think we're more talented, you know, across the board. But they're they're built, you know, and the program's built a lot like ours too with, with Pruitt there. And so, man, I think they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And I think they're going, I think they're going to play really well. Um, you know, and I think it's probably going to be a, you know, in my mind, it's going to be a, you know, in late third quarter game. Hopefully we get a, a score to go up and maybe add one on in the fourth quarter. You know, that's uh, what it feels like to me. You know, what's interesting about this Tennessee team, and we've talked about it a little bit with some other guests, but I think Pruitt's the wild card in all this, right? Yeah. Because he just seems to be like everywhere he's been. He's a firecracker. I mean, he is a lightning rod for – he ain't scared to say what he thinks, and no. he ain't scared no. to put it out there. No. And I think because of that, guys play for him. And, you know, we we had Aaron Davis on a couple times, and both times he talked about Coach Pruitt and just like, you know, like Coach Pruitt, like, just kind of lights a fire under you. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like when you have that, I mean, the coaching thing piece of it's big because you, you feel like they're going to come out motivated and focused. And then the other side of it, which is kind of more of a long-term thing, he makes you a little nervous on the recruiting trail, right? Because you yeah. go, well, he's, a, he's a weapon. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. I'm interested to see, obviously, another year going against a Jim Chaney offense, which I think is good for us. Yeah. Um, I think I think that matches up well for Kirby because I think his offenses tend to to spin off the run, right, and right. this this defense ain't giving up no rushing yards. I mean, no, just, no they ain't doing. It, it's not happening. I mean, they're just they're so stout. I, I want to ask you about this too because Boss and I have kind of gone back and forth on this, but don't you feel like this is the first year where Kirby has the secondary that he's wanted oh. since he got there, and so because of that. He's he's feeling a little more courageous with the game right. plans. Like I feel like they have just bring been bringing heat in they Arkansas have. and Auburn because he goes, "Look, boys, I trust y'all back there. Y'all, we're gonna let it rip. Figure yeah. it out." Yeah, I mean the talent in that back end, especially at the cornerback spot, is just you know, and Richard McCown and seen you know, seems a great player too. But those guys got it locked down back there, man. Those this group of linebackers, I mean, truly unbelievable. With Nakobe in the middle and. You know, the guys on the outside that rotate in. and I mean, they just keep coming. You rotate three out or two out, and then you got five stars coming in that are five-star juniors that are like seasoned. And, you know, I mean, and uh, the defensive line has just been so stout, you know, with Jordan Davis and uh, Trayvon Walker and now, you know, Jalen Carter and some of those guys. And it's just – I think this is the first Kirby defense in Georgia that you, you really can't pick out a weakness at all. Yeah, yeah. You know – Couple of years, it was like the felt like the defensive line was kind of catching up, you know. But now it feels like it's you know probably the best that we've had it since uh, since Kirby got there. Yeah, I feel like Tyson Campbell's the the piece that was that was a little bit missing. I think he yeah. was a guy that from a from a length and a ranginess perspective and has that track speed that Kirby just loved. Right? I mean, he's yeah, straight he out of the Alabama mold, and yeah. he's just he's just been dinged up. He's been hurt both years. And man, he just looks right. You know, he looks. I mean, yeah. he, he took Seth Williams out of the football game. I mean, he's playing like, I mean, he's playing like a dang early round draft pick right now. Yeah, he absolutely is. If he keeps playing like this, he's gone. Like he's, he's, gone. Yeah. he's, yeah. he's gonna make a lot of money come April, and good yeah. for him. That that is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just think the depth's there, and it's been exciting. And even man, you know, Richard goes out on what I thought was a a bit of a questionable call, and. I'm, yeah. How, how great do you feel for Chris Smith though? Chris Smith gets his shot, has a nice ball game. Plays well, Plays well. yeah. Yeah, that's all, that was awesome. I mean, it's just been it's been fun and and this was the this was the thing that we had talked about about what would have been kind of one of these, you know, obviously the situation, the health and and all these things, they're all serious, but there are these little silent tragedies that are happening. And mm-hmm. if this season hadn't gotten played and this team would have had to sit on the sidelines, Oh my God! Uh, it just would have been awful because there's. I feel like there's so many kids, and it's showing up now that were ready and like ready to pop, like Tyson Campbell. And you're just like, man, I'm so glad these kids are getting a shot and getting a role and go with it. I mean, to your point, dude. Look at Jermaine Johnson didn't play a snap Saturday night because of the health, and look at Adam Anderson has a coming out party. Game, yeah. I mean, just all over the field. So, so that was great. I agree with you, man. I just think the depth and the makeup is right where Kirby wants it. And you give Kirby a defense where he feels like he's playing house money with, and oh man. Yeah. They're they're scary. they're scary. Well, let's uh let's talk about the games this week. Uh, I sent you ten games. That we're gonna pick. What we usually do is we do like three kind of wild card games, and then all seven of the SEC games. So uh, we had talked a little bit before the show. I had sent you Coastal and Louisiana Lafayette because of Hurricane Delta. They they right. postponed that to Wednesday the fourteenth. So we're gonna pick Virginia Tech and UNC instead. And UNC's playing at home, and they're favored by five and a half. Who do you like in that one? Um, so we're going spread, right? 
Yep, going spread. Yeah, I'm going UNC there. I think they're going to win. I'm thinking. I'm thinking by ten. Yeah, boss uh, also picked Carolina, and I like Carolina too. I just man, I, Sam House, he's a guy. And yeah, he is. He is. I, I'm just always going to pick pick teams that, that have a quarterback that can move the ball and do those things. And they're going to be playing at home, and, and that's a big game. I feel like that both sides are going to be amped up for that. And, uh, you know, I think Justin Fuente's a great coach, and I think he's getting there at Tech. I think it took a couple years, but I think he's getting there, and, and that'll be a good one. This is one of my favorite games on the calendar every year. I'm a big rivalry guy. Uh, Red River shootouts happen, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, even with their two knocks the last two weeks, still yeah. favored by one and a half. Who are you liking that one? Man, I uh, I keep I kept going back and forth on that one, and I'm saying Oklahoma only for the simple fact that I just don't see them losing going 0 three to start the year. And I mean, you could easily say the same thing for Texas, like they lost last week. I could, you know, but I I don't know. I feel like you know they were they didn't play great teams. Oklahoma they lost to both of them, but you know. I think for this one, my gut just says Oklahoma. Yeah, so boss went hook them horns, and I think I'm going to go hook them too. I think this is going to come down to yeah. – it's a tough one, man. I, I For me, the only difference is Spencer Rattler's a redshirt freshman. Two straight weeks, he's made inter, – had interceptions in, in crunch time. Um, has, has had good games both weeks. And, you know, Lincoln Riley's going to scheme it great, and they're going to be where they're supposed to be. Um I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with Sam Ellinger. I, the only thing that gives me pause on this is Tom Herman's record against ranked teams and in big games since he's been at Texas has not been great. No, uh, no. We're not gonna, we're not going to talk about the Sugar Bowl, but um, yeah. But other than that, uh, I don't know. But I, something about my gut tells me that Texas is gonna gonna play well and Ellinger's gonna have a nice ball game. So so I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. That happens. I I mean to your point, that would have to be I think the early season story of the year. If, oh, they, if they start 0-3 in the Big 12, that yep. would be uh, crazy. Yeah, crazy. I mean, they're the playoff crasher every year. And for them to not even be in the picture after two, three weeks, is it's just wild. Really yep. wild. Um, all right. I, this one is interesting just because of the number, but obviously because of what's going on. You got the U trying to reestablish their legacy and get back into the, the national prominence conversation, heading up to Death Valley to play Clemson, and Clemson's favored by 14 and a half. What do you like in that game? Man, I uh, – so no one I kept – man, I think the U's pretty good, man. And I don't think they're going to win. I think it's a 10-12 point loss. But I, I do think they cover this. I think they get in the spread. Um, so, I know that's going out on a limb a little bit. Clemson might destroy them. But, man, I think – I think I think the U can can score. So, so boss also taking the U. I think number depending on same with you. He's he wants he thinks they'll cover. He doesn't think they're going to win, and he kind of thinks it's going to be like a late cover. Um, I'll tell you, I like the U too. Um, I think Clemson has one game a year where it's a little closer than maybe everybody anticipates. I'm not saying this is going to be like a Pittsburgh situation from two years ago, but um. Yeah, I, you know, I think the U's got the athletes, and I think they've they've got some stability at the quarterback position for the first time in what seems like forever. And uh, I like him. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence will probably make us all look like idiots because he's just he's so good. But yeah, that's a, that's a big number, man. Like, and it's yeah. not like my not like Miami's a slouch or anything. So oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna roll with the U two. So we're all three on the U. That's good. All right, here's one just because of the number. That is compelling to me. 
Yeah. Florida Florida's going to College Station and they're favored by six and a half. And Texas AM ain't ain't looked great, but it still right. who you liking that? Um be honest, man, I think I like Florida by about I think I, I think they'll win by ten, something like that. I think I like Florida in that one. Yeah, boss is the same. Boss has got Florida, and for the first time this year, I am going to pick Florida. I, that that just seems like a slam dunk number. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Florida's defense stinks, but right. I also think Texas A and M. They're just good. they're just not very good. I really, I, I think if you are a Texas A and M guy, and they're paying Jimbo Fisher all that money, I mean, he's essentially got half the treasury in Texas going in his pocket each year. I would be a little bit upset about how things have materialized down with the twelfth man. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go with the Gators. I it kind of hurts to even come up my mouth. I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I said it, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go there. All right, this one's happening in your town, brother. Ain't gonna be one. Ain't gonna be one person in the stands, but it's happening in your town. South Carolina's coming to Nashville, playing Vandy, and they're yeah. favored by twelve and a half. Who you like there? Man, I think I like Vanderbilt because they that first week they played pretty good and. Um, I don't know. I watched Carolina, and and I think they're gonna. I think Carolina will win, but I see it being like a touchdown game. I think Vanderbilt will play play good in that game. I just don't think South Carolina is very good yet. Um, you know, and this may be the this may be the game where they kind of get it going. Um, but I like Vanderbilt just hanging hanging. You know, not not beat them, but hanging close, seven ten points, something like that. I have to ask you this. Have you seen the thing on Twitter where dude put up the picture of Colin Hill from the press conference and said, it looks like Gardner Minshew and Jake Fromm had a baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was, it's funny. Cause it's true. Like it, it's hysterical. It like cracked me up. But so boss is taking boss is taking South Carolina. I'm, I'm like hit or miss on this. I like Colin Hill. I think he's had a nice year so far. Yeah, he has. I thought they were a couple drops and a couple things going right from being in it in Gainesville. Um, I don't know. I, you know, Derek Mason's coaching for his job. I mean, let's be frank. Oh, he is. He is. It, it, it's either it's either they do something or he's out. He's out. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to take South Carolina again. I, I just go back to Colin Hill. I, I think he's a good enough player to to carry them in that offense. So, so I'm going to take them for me. This is my favorite game of the week, just because I think there's so much unknown about it. I do too, yeah. But you got pig suey going to the plains to play Auburn and Auburn's 13 and a half point favorite. Yeah, I know that's a big number, right? A big number. Yeah. And like, I mean, especially since Arkansas beat Mississippi state who beat LSU. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if you show me this before the season, I will go, Oh, I'm taking Auburn for sure. Right. Um, you know, and maybe they have a great comeback. You know, maybe they have a great game, um, Auburn. But, man, I'm a – I think I'm going to have to go Arkansas, man. <laughs> so, boss is rolling with Arkansas. I'm rolling with them too. I'm telling you. I mean, maybe it's some bias. I love Coach Pittman. Like, yeah, what a, what a character, right? They, you know, they beat a pretty dang good team and hang with us for, a, you know, a half and, and – uh you know, in the way that we handled Auburn last week, I just think that, man, just don't know about 13 and a half Auburn. Didn't you think kind of after all the scores came in Saturday night, it was the ultimate, we always do this. We always overreact to week one. We always and do. everybody's going, oh, man, Mississippi State going to be in the conversation. And then Arkansas comes into town 
and and beats them. You know, first SEC win since what 2017 or something like yeah, that. Like 20 SEC games or something. Yeah, and everybody's going, "Oh, Georgia stinks because they could only score five points on Arkansas in the first half." Well, maybe it's that Barry Odom scheme is good. Yep. Um, that kid that they got that plays linebacker, Bumper Pool, was co-defensive player of the week this week. Dude, all that all that kid does is tackle. That's all he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he sounds like he's straight out of pitch perfect casting, but I mean, uh, he, dude, he's on the all name team for sure. Like that's oh, an excellent yeah. name. Um uh, the other one, so somebody I got this is a tangent, but this is just a trip into my brain. They do this all name team every year, right? I don't know which publication does it, but so they released it, and I'm like, Hands down, the dude that has to be the winner of the list is this guy for Oklahoma, the wide receiver Charleston Rambo. Like, are you kidding me? Charleston Rambo, that's awesome. That's like the name that you created for the guy that you made on NCAA football. Totally. Like, he was like your dynasty guy that was going to win the Heisman for you. Like, <laughs> just an excellent. Wasn't even on the list. I was no. like, this this list has zero credibility. Zero. Yeah. All right, so everybody's rolling with Pig Suey. I like that. I, we're all rooting for Coach Pittman, man. I, what a good dude. All right, this one we had talked about this a little bit earlier, up in the air because of the weather, but Alabama is supposed to be in Oxford playing Ole Miss. Coach Saban, Coach Kiffin, Alabama's favored by 23-and-a-half. If that one ends up going off, who who you like? Man, I look at that, and that's a big number. But, uh, man, dude, I could see I could see Alabama winning that, like 41-14. You know, that's a big number, but I still like Alabama in that. Yeah, Boss also picked Alabama. Boss is, uh, like I said, he he was my center. So Boss always goes with the big uglies. And his quote to me was, they got the beef up front, and I'm always going to take the beef. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. Um, if it was not going to be a monsoon, I would take Ole Miss in this game yeah. because I, I like their athleticism at the quarterback position, and I think Lane Kiffin has always got a few aces up his sleeve when it comes to an offensive game plan. But if it's going to rain like they say it's going to rain, Alabama might win by 40. I mean, yeah, be, they just, be, just yeah. beat down the run. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss can't line up with them 11 on 11 and, and no. play old man football. So, yeah, I, I think given the weather, I'm, I'm going to take Bama in that. Um, I think this is an interesting one, too. Just the numbers are, are interesting this week, just because of what's going on. But numbers interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mississippi State and, and the pirate ship with Coach Leach taking all the cowbells and going up to Lexington to play Kentucky. And Kentucky's favored by two and a half. What's your what's your gut on that? Oh, man. This is one. This is honestly like to me one of the hardest picks because depending on the week and like, you know, we feel like Kentucky's pretty decent and we don't know anything about Mississippi State. Kentucky might not be good at all, or they might be okay. We're not sure. Um, I mean, my gut says that Mississippi State finds a way to throw enough um, to throw enough to to win. Just just based on that first week, I know last week wasn't you know wasn't great. That's just literally a coin flip for me. Yeah. So, um, boss is. On the Mike Leach bandwagon, for sure. He is, he is on the Pirate bandwagon. So he's taking Mississippi State every week, and he's staying with that this week. Right. Um, I liked him this week, too, but I'm a, I'm a little more hesitant to take him. I mean, I think the big thing last week was Kylan Hill didn't play. And right. I think without that weapon, it changes what their offense looks like. Totally. And if if Leach has a, an athlete like him at his disposal of things he can scheme and do is great. Yeah. Um, the interesting part, though, for me is, 
I think Coach Stoops is a great football coach, and I think those kids really love him. And there was a lot of media heat around them leading into the season as being one of these kind of darling picks to kind of knock some people. I mean, dude, they were they were the national pick to go into the Plains and beat Auburn week one. Um, and for them to start 0-3 to start the year makes you like, I don't know, I'm kind of a little uneasy about that. Yeah. Um, um, but I do, I just, I think the offensive game plan, the offensive advantage that they have, I think it's the problem they had against Ole Miss last week. They're just, they're not going to come out and drop a ton of points on you. That's just, that's not yeah. who they are. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with them too. Uh, so, this is a change of venue game. Mizzou was supposed to go to Death Valley, what some would say is the real Death Valley, and right. play the Bayou Bengals at nighttime at nine o'clock. Uh, well, eight o'clock central, but nine o'clock Eastern. And um, LSU also had released this week that they were uh, relaxing a lot of things. So the beer drinking was going to be happening and all, all the things. They're going to allow more fans into LSU Stadium. And, I mean, it was going to be raucous. Yeah. But, um, and they got Derek Stingley back, all this stuff. Well, because of Delta, they're playing in Columbia. Well, the line that I sent you <laughs> was 20 and a half for LSU. With the switch, they've dropped it all the way to 14 and a half. Whoa. Yeah. So LSU still favored, but only by 14 and a half because they're going to Columbia, which I just think is a wild pendulum swing. But what do you, what do you like on that number? At 20 and a half, I would have said Missouri. I think at 14, I'd like uh, LSU. And I don't really think LSU is that good. I just think Missouri with the first year coach and all has just hadn't looked great so far. Um, you know, and I don't think, I think it'd be right around that mark. You know that that line mark. Uh, don't think it'd be much more, but I, with that with that with that switch in the in the uh, line, I I just more comfortable that it lands somewhere between that fourteen and twenty mark. Yeah, boss was the same. Boss is taking LSU, and I'm going to take LSU also. I just think again, we're, we're week one overreactors. It's what we do, um, and you know Derek Stingley didn't play, and you could make an argument that he was the best player. I know it's crazy to say this because of what Joe Burrows did, but you could make an argument that he was the best player in college football last year. Wow, as a true freshman. Yeah, as a true freshman. I mean, he's a stud. So for him not to play at that position of need against the Mike Leach offense week one, that's obviously a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think the athletes they have on the edge is just going to be too tough for Missouri. So I, I love LSU at that number, 14 and a half. That, that feels good. I feel okay with that. Um, all right. All, that, all that's just – that's all window dressing. This yeah. is, business is about to pick up now. We're yeah. going to pick the real game. So the Vols in that nasty orange are coming to the Classic City, going to be between the hedges at 3.30, SEC on CBS. The dogs just, I mean, walked walked the dog on yeah. the Tigers. Yeah. And dogs are favored by 12 and a half. What you, th- what you think and who you like? Um, I like the dogs there. And I've in my head, I like the dogs. Winning by 14. So I'm just going to go – I'm going to go with the dogs against the spread. I don't think it will be a blowout like it was last week. Um, you know, I'm thinking something like, you know, 34-20, something like that. Yeah, boss is going with the dogs too to cover. Um, I'm taking them too. Uh, I, I've said this pretty much every week. I'll never not take them yeah. um, because I, I, I literally – I can't look at them without rose-colored glasses on. Some would, some would say um, – Dog red covered glass. I just can't. I mean, I'm going to find the most optimistic twist possible. Like I'll tell you a story that exemplifies this. I told you my text, my main text chain is 
boss and my brother, Chris. Right. And after they went to the Plains in 2017, boss and Chris were, they were just down in the dumps, season's over, nothing good's going to happen. I said, boys, this is what's going to happen. They're going go to go here and they're going to do this. They're going to go there. They're going to do that. They're going to come back to Atlanta. They're going to walk all over Auburn and we're going to go to the National Championship game. And they're like, you are the biggest hober on the planet. <laughs> I was like, I absolutely am, and I'm never going to change that. <laughs> I, I just think it's an interesting matchup. You know, I went back and looked at the first two weeks from um, from Tennessee's schedule this year. And then, you know, everybody's all over them because they've won eight straight going back to last year. And I think if you really look into that and who they've beaten over that eight-game stretch, um, you know, they're not exactly beating Rockney's Notre Dame teams or Bear Bryant's Alabama teams, right? And uh, the thing that gives me a lot of security is I went in just from the box score last week. They came out against Missouri, and Coach Pruitt made the choice. We are better than them physically. Right. So what we are going to do is establish the run, dominate them at the point of attack, and control the football game. And that's exactly what they did. They ran for over 200 yards, and it was never in doubt. No. They will not do that against us. They will not do it. No. They won't. And you just cannot convince me that um, Jared Guarantano is going to pass them to victory. Victory. I agree. It, it just ain't going to happen. Oh. Um, and I, I think it will end up being a lot like last week where they're just going to go, you will not run against us. We dare you to try and beat us through the air. Right. And look, man, I would say Bo Nix is probably tougher to game plan for than Guarantano is. And, he looked like he was JV football Saturday oh, night. He was running everywhere for his life. He was, man. Like, he just looked like he was hearing footsteps from the time he said hut. Uh -huh. And um, I don't know. This is what I keep going back to with this team. It's like, if Stetson can just keep doing what he's doing, that defense is so good. Oh. And they were great last year, right? And I just think they ran into – one of the biggest offensive juggernauts of the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. And who have you seen thus far that has an offense like that? Nobody. 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 That was that was a lightning in a bottle 2019 oh. magic, right? Yep. Yep. And so I go back to this, and everybody said last year, well, everything's changed. It's an offensive game now. I don't know, man. I Look, football's still football. Mm -hmm. And if you win at the line of scrimmage and you play great defense – if you score 10 and they score nine, you win. Right. So like, I don't know. I, I just, I think that's a thing. And I, I'll say this every week, everybody in the sec, except Nick Saban, cause he's his, he's his own mountaintop brother, but everybody else, I'm going to take Kirby Paul smart over all of them. I agree with you, man. I agree so, with you. so I, I, he's the, he's the one right now to me. So, he is, man. So, so I like him. Uh, I think the dogs will cover, and I think it's going to be another another fun night in Athens. I'm gonna get an early pick from you. How yeah. you how you feeling about October 17th down in Tuscaloosa? Um, we'll we'll see after this week. I mean, I feel like we match up well with them. I mean, I really do feel like it's with this defense, man. I feel like it's a coin flip, you know, because I think they have the better offense. We have the better defense. And so I, I really, man, I just, I'm interested, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I think I'll have a better feel for it after this weekend, I think. So. Yeah, that's, that's the one I just, I have no pulse on it. Like no. I, I, I'm so, I, feel, I have so much scar tissue from uh -huh. the other games. That like, 
I don't know. I can't get past it. Well, look, brother, before we let you go, I want you to tell everybody, number one, and we're going to link all this in the show notes, but tell everybody where they can get Love You, Son, Go Dogs. And, well, tell us this, brother, because I want to know this. Yeah. I am an old man. I'm a Luddite. So my instinct is to buy a song off of iTunes, put it on my playlist, and listen to it in my car. But we live in a different world now. The young kids do different stuff. So as an artist, what is more beneficial to the artist? Is streaming the better thing now? Like what, what benefits you more? Because that's what we want to pump up the most. Well, I would say, um, you know, they both have their own, you know, they both have their pros and cons. I mean, I'm the same way. Like if somebody asked me, I would tell them to go to iTunes, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, go to Spotify and Apple Music, too, which is great. But yeah, I mean, y'all go, y'all go spend 99 cent on iTunes and, and, uh, you know, blare, blare it all weekend. Tell your friends about it if you like it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Pandora, it's on all that stuff. So, okay. All right. We'll link all that. And then the follow up question to that is I know you have been, uh, working to the bone the last, you know, nine or 10 months putting new music out and you've posted a ton of stuff on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, what are the next steps after the release of this single? When, when are we going to get s- some more stuff? Well, we, got, uh, we got some plans for a song into this month. Sounds like, and, uh, and then we'll have a bunch of stuff ready for next year. So fantastic. I'm, I'm just going to put my, put my vote in. I would like, uh, I would like girl in it to show up somewhere, brother. Bro, we're going. We've already recorded that one, so that, that is that is an absolute banger. I love that song. Oh, last question. I meant to ask you this earlier, but I thought about this when you sent the song originally. But tell me, um, tell me the reaction. Tell me what the interaction was first time your pops heard that song. Uh, so he called. I sent it to him. I was like, check this song out. And then he called me, or he texts me and goes, "Man, that's an awesome song." He's like, uh, you know, we're just talking about. It. And then my mom called him. Was like, he'll never tell you this, but. He started crying like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Yeah. Oh God, well, I, I bet that was that had to be a career highlight, man. That's just that's such a personal, awesome thing. Well, um, I truly do think just from not just how we feel about it, because Boston and I've talked about it, but um, just the response. I mean, there's just been it's it seemed like from the outside a lot of energy around it, and really, really good positive energy just folks talking about how it hits them emotionally and how great it is. So man, we're pumped up for you. And obviously what a, what a great song for dogs fans and, and we'll encourage everybody to roll there. So, well, you're uh you're one of our favorites, brother. So we, we wish for your continued success and, and hope the dogs give us all a magical year. Oh, one of my favorites, man. Thank you a bunch. All right, man. We appreciate you. Go dogs. Sick them. Oh. Hey, George is better now.